Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 343, Round Earth and See, I just said it backwards. I said it backwards. So you're gonna have to figure out what it is. I'm I'm on the I'm on the inverse world while Daryl is is on the um the regular world and it takes I got there under my own great peril and proved my mettle. Um but uh, anyway. Uh, no, this is episode 343, Round Earth in a Square Hole. Uh, so if you haven't watched The Boys or Superman and Lois this week, um, we will be spoiling them greatly because uh, yes. we can't really talk about either show without. And uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Anyway, D, how you doing? It's Friday. It is Friday. So, and, and we're about to celebrate weekend. America's birthday. America. Dude, I love America. It's so love great. You, too. you love me too. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I got I, I have like a four and a half day weekend. Wait, yeah, four and a half day weekend. Four and a half. Okay. It's so great. I love it. I used uh I used a floating holiday from from last month to extend my celebration of America in accordance did, did you with put that in, in parentheses or in quotations, uh holiday yeah and, and like and in, in my out of office thing i i did put you know <laughs> moving this to celebrate america <laughs> <laughs> so anyway all right so this week we've got top gun box office watch week five six um lena hetty news shame ding ding shame ding ding um and then the boys in soups and lolo Sound good? Yeah. It sounds very good. All right. So we're going to hop right to it and get into the Top Gun box office news. Um, did you know that Buzz or that Lightyear is supposed to be the movie that Andy saw that convinced him to ditch Woody and get Buzz Lightyear? Yes. So it's supposed to be this like 90s space action movie so the reason the top gun is at 1 billion 20 million dollars 569,160 dollars is because this is how you continue a franchise the other one is how you kill a franchise and people who you think that would go see the other one go see top gun maverick again and again yes that's correct right yeah, I, I'm so happy to see this hit that one billion mark. Okay, one last week I was like, oh yeah, it'll be next week before it hits it. Two days later, two days after I said it was going to be next week, it crossed a billion dollars. Love it, love oh, it, hundred percent love it. But yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it is just killing it, just killing, killing, killing it. And then it's going to have another big weekend this weekend for. Yeah, you know, celebrate America. Mm hmm. I mean, if you look at this, so the week, wait, oh, wait, am I? Oh, no, I'm, dang it, I clicked on the wrong thing. Here we go. Uh, domestic Weekly. So if you look at Top Gun, right, it did $43 million last week. Damn. $43 million between June 24th and June 30th. 
Wasn't that just a million off it, the previous weekend? <laughs> no, the previous weekend was 69 oh, previ- million. Okay. No, so it was 205, 137, 78, 69, 43. I mean, its drops are 33, 42, 12, 37 uh, percentage points. And in the second week, it was in 16 like more theaters than it was in the opening week. And then in the third week, it was in almost 500 less theaters, and it still did $78 million. That's pretty strong. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, what's the word for it? Hella strong. Hella strong, if you will. Um, and, I mean, th- this is just great. And, and think about this. It almost beat Elvis <laughs> in week one of Elvis on its week six. Elvis did 31.2 and Top Gun Maverick did 29.6. Damn. <laughs> Lightyear did 18. <laughs> just, just, just throwing that out there. Oh, Black Phone did a better job than Lightyear. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lightyear's in fifth place. So Lightyear did 50 in its opening weekend and 18 in its second weekend for a 64% drop. Just domestically. And that's, keep in mind, neither one of these movies are playing in China. That is like just for various about that. reasons, right? Um, right? Lightyear is not playing in China because of the um, the gay stuff that's in it, uh, which whatever you know. Um, I think Pixar, between this and going red have to realize like, okay, we need to get back to what we do right and make good family entertainment, not this weird virtue signaling stuff. Um, but Top Gun is not in China because it celebrates China and not the CCP with the Taiwan sticker or patch on his jacket that they refuse to remove. Yeah. Or well, and I guess they removed it, but then they put it back with, with the fan backlash. Yeah. And you know what you just said about making well, for Pixar is making, you know, family oriented mm-hmm. content. Top Gun Maverick, it, you know, it's about entertaining the audience, which is the same thing. It's just different. You know, Pixar should be focusing on, you know, family friendly stuff. Top Gun Maverick, you know what it did? It focused on just mm-hmm. entertainment. Right. And, and it, it didn't add any of that, you know, the virtue signaling that right. Lightyear had, that uh, Seeing Red had, that, Mm-hmm. Some of these other Disney slash Pixar over the last few years movies have had and, you know, they try to get out in front of it and say, you know, we're so progressive by mm-hmm. including this, that or the other. And they're trying to use that as a shield. Let's not, you know, they, they did it for Obi-Wan in the sense of, hey, if you're talking about this character, then you're X, Y or Z because you don't, you know, you don't think this character or this movie is or this show is awesome. Right. While Top Gun Maverick just said, hey, you know what? We're going to put this awesome movie in front of you. Hope you have a good time. Right. And think about this for a second. We're on the 4th of July weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Like how much more is Top Gun going to do for for the the five people who haven't seen it that are going to go see it this weekend? (laughs) I don't know, but it's. I, I love it because, you know, it's one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, I'm a, you know, Scientology stuff aside, I've 
I've always been a fan of Tom Cruise's movies because how much, not just yeah. because they're entertaining, but what he puts into these movies. I mean, like, I love Tom stuff. Cruise specifically for the Scientology stuff, though. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, I know a lot. A lot of people can't separate the actor from because again, the art from the artist. The, yes, it's basically. I've said this before. I'm. I don't like LeBron James in any way, shape, or form. That does not take away from me saying, "Dude is one of the you know top basketball players out there now." Yeah, he's one, one of the, the top hundred basketball, basketball players, players of all time. Of all time, like top hundred. No, guaranteed. no, yeah, no. He's top twenty. As much as I don't like him, he's top twenty. I mean, he's uh, the so, number one flopper in all of the NBA. Uh, well, I guess I, <laughs> since I don't watch the NBA anymore. <sighs> For but, shame. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I mean, it, he puts so much into this, and the thing, and the other actors, the supporting actors, you know, the stuff they mm -hmm. went through. Yeah. When I see stuff like that, yeah, it hats off. And he does this, you know, day in and day out. All these movies. Mission, that's why Mission Impossible right now is probably my favorite franchise. And I, I'm really disappointed that I have to wait till next year to see Dead Reckoning. But <laughs> hopefully, I'm hoping that. This kind of transfers over to Dead Re the mission, the next two Mission Impossible movies, because maybe people will see they're tired of this stuff where mm -hmm. they're, you know, people are trying a message is trying to be sent by these Hollywood weirdos, and instead of just saying, "Hey, you were going to put something in front of you, hope you were entertained," sure, and that's what Cruz and does. That's what he does. Cool. All right. So speaking of Hollywood weirdos, uh, Lena Headey. <laughs> Is she a weirdo? It's, I don't that's know. That's say to you. Yeah. Shame. Ding, ding. Shame. <laughs> ding, ding. Uh, so she is being sued for $1.5 million over a scene that she did in Thor Love and Thunder that was cut, um, among other things. So just like this is just an interesting story. And like um, if you ever this is like something that was like in Entourage. Do you remember the show Entourage? Oh yeah. So the, like the show, what did you say you hated? Oh, you I hate watched, watched it? it because I hated that. I liked it. Like I hated so much <laughs> that I enjoyed the show that I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so it says here, Game of Thrones star Lena Hetty is being sued for $1.5 million by her former UK agency Troika over unpaid commission fees related to a number of projects, including the upcoming film, Thor love and thunder. Uh, it says here, Troika, which rebranded as YMU in 2020, claims Hetty owes the agency at least $500,000, equivalent to 7% of her fee for her earnings on the Marvel movie. Okay, so if she owes them seven, if she made for a scene that they cut. I just, okay, I don't know why yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah, the, like I didn't catch that the first three times I read this. Anyway, uh, Variety can confirm that Hedy does not appear in the final cut of Thor Love and Thunder, which stars Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. The film comes out next week. Uh, reps for Hedy and Marvel did not reply to Variety's request for content. Um, but it says here, according to court documents, Troika, uh, Hedy joined Troika in 2005 after fo um, following her personal rep, Michael Duff, there from his previous agency, Lou Coulson and Associates. So here's my question is like, so it says Duff co-founded Troika, which in 2017 merged with the James Grant group. So my question is like, how do these contracts transfer over? Cause like, and I, I know, 
I know that entourage is not like the real like state of the business, but like just understanding contracts, like the, the new agency isn't necessarily going to get paid for anything that she signed before it was a new agency. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, just because she was with that particular agent, you know, and then they go to a new agency together. I'm just really curious as how this works. Um, and let's be honest, like agents are, are blood sucking leeches. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I like, I'm just really interested to see what happens. So, uh, it was also over the movie nine bullets, which she starred alongside Sam. Oh, sorry. Your favorite. Oh, I can't even say his name. Hold on. How dare you? <laughs> uh, Sam Worthington who cannot act and somehow got a lead role in a movie is beyond me. Um, and the Showtime dramedy Rita, an adaptation of a Danish series by the same name. Uh, so yeah, I guess they're trying to get these commissions and damages for beach of contract and reimbursement and legal fees. Um, her defense claims that she never signed any contract with Troika or with Duff. See, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, both parties were acting on oral agreements formed when Duff was still at Lewis Carlin. So yeah. It says here, her findings also point out that Trinket never had Hetty was never Hetty's sole agent, as she also is represented by CAA in the U.S. I think this is all just posturing from a new agency that's trying to rip off an actor. Yeah, and and if you go to that second to last one, it's allegedly, she, sorry, allegedly, yeah, she disputes the claims that Troika had in, that Troika has any claim to commission on Thor: Love and Thunder, which she says came about after director Taika Waititi approached her. Uh, and then she said, or well, approached her directly, approached her directly yes. is, is, um, yes. yeah. Or nine bullets, neither of which were negotiated by Troika or Duff. Yeah. And she says that she, re- uh, she received 325,000 for the pilot episode of Rita, which Troika already has been paid $22,750 and no further episodes are planned. Yeah. This and is- again, so here's the thing. YMU has not replied to any of Variety's um, requests for comment and lawyers for Hetty uh, also haven't responded, but it's just really fishy. Yeah, I, I think so too. Again, not having any other information into this or just by going by this article, which if you would look out there, a lot of the article, other articles I saw were you know, kind of taken from this. But so there's not much more that I not any more that I saw from any other articles. It just seems like you said, like uh, a new fish trying to make a name for itself. Again, there could be claim. There could be something to it. I'm just saying right. from a cursory evaluation of this article and what we, what's being reported by Variety. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like. Yep. Yeah. I, it's just a weird thing. I thought it was worth pointing out just because, you know, we kind of bash actors a lot on here lately, mainly because they're husks. And um, like, you know, when, when you're an actor like Mark Ruffalo, you're kind of an idiot and don't know shit about shit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This is like I said, but like, I, I think when it comes to the blood sucking leeches that are, are lawyers and agents versus the husk of human beings that are actors, I might actually take the actor's side on that. 
Yeah, uh, and again. I mean, it's a Kobayashi Maru, really. It's a lose-lose situation, <laughs> whoever you back. Well, well just, do, just do a Kirk and reprogram it. Just cheat. <laughs> improvise. Improvise. Anyway... Um, so yeah, so interesting stuff. We're definitely going to follow this. Um, and as I was looking at this article, uh, one, R. Kelly is going to jail for 30 years. That's awesome. Love that. Ouch. <laughs> you love to see it, as the kids say nowadays. And then, uh, oh, where'd he go? Ezra Miller's in trouble again. Um, the lady he choked out in Iceland finally gave an interview. Actually, I'm going to put this in the in the show notes right now. Um because I love talking about this fool. Um, I'm, I'm seriously getting tired of it, honestly. I just, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, it's, it's horrible. And more because, and awful, but yeah. More because that Warner Discovery slash Discovery has yet to say anything about right. it. So I guess and, some German woman also came out and was like, hey, you know, abuse. Or um, that meme you sent me the other day with the the Asian guy, emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> I, we just need, I need to get that that clip to put to put on with our with our girl. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, uh, and and again, nobody. I mean, the media is talking about it here and there, but yeah, let's be honest, we all know if, if things were changing, if Ezra was not who Ezra was. And I don't mean as a Hollywood guy or Hollywood person, this would be out there all over the place. So he was friends with this woman, Nadia, the German woman, um, who alleges in an interview with variety that after a warm two year friendship with Miller, mostly via text, the actor came to visit her Berlin apartment late one evening in February, 2022 at her invitation. They hadn't seen each other since they had a consensual, adult encounter in 2020 um they had sex consensually um (laughs) but after friendly interactions miller's mood sharply turned and she told him that they when uh when she told him that he couldn't smoke in her apartment that just set him off hold on i'll use her quotes that just set them off no that doesn't work it set him off uh, I asked him to leave about 20 times, maybe more. He started insulting me. I'm a transphobic piece of shit. I'm a Nazi. It became so stressful for me that he was going around my house, looking at everything, touching everything, spreading tobacco leaves on the floor. It felt disgusting and very intrusive. So Nadia, just a word of advice. When there's stories about a crazy person in the news, do not invite said crazy person to once home easy route to follow i you know i i just think um you know when she's saying i felt totally unsafe the other thing is live in a country where you can have a gun and shoot that person because they're that's what i was thinking oh you don't you don't want to leave let me help you make that decision i mean she's in germany she could have them like a ticket for a train ride (laughs) (laughs) sick that Uh, is i apologize I almost feel bad for that joke. Anyway, I'm sorry if you took that wrong. <laughs> um, five people, two friends of a woman's rights, uh, rights advocate, a German social worker, and Nadia's German lawyer told Variety that they spoke with Nadia soon after her alleged encounter with Miller and corroborated her account. Okay, so they spoke with her after and corroborated her account 
that she told them, but it's still all hearsay. It's like saying, <sighs> I heard President Trump grab the steering wheel and choked out a Secret Service agent all from the back of a car that he wasn't in. Weird. <laughs> all right. So here's my thing. When it comes to this shit, why didn't she report this in, in February? No idea. Right? I, I, like, yeah. I, I have very little sympathy for this person. She let him in. She knows she has to be following the news about this dude. And yeah. So they're investigating, investigating a charge of trespassing against Miller. Um, and the, the German state prosecutor's office says that it has discontinued its proceedings since the, long, the actor is no longer in Germany. All right. I don't even I don't even have words for this. Let's just talk about Well, hold on. <laughs> I have one last thing here. Warner Brothers. If you are going to release the Flash with this guy in it, I'm going to do everything I can to say do not go see the Flash. And I'm going to take a page out of Temple's book and I'm going to buy a billboard in Times Square that says don't go see the Flash. Ezra Miller is a douchebag. An assaulting douchebag. Uh yeah. Like he 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 legit like hit a woman in the head with a chair, WWE like threw it across WWE style and cut her head open. I wonder if she bladed. <laughs> like, did she just like sell it? Like, you know, it was all work and, and she just sold it like with the blading and I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> wonder if she played it anyway <laughs> i watched too much wrestling uh all right let's move on to the boys speaking of speaking of a work um man is uh okay i just want to talk about age a train first because he's the least interesting th well it, it's the most interesting thing that has happened to the least interesting character on the show um, yes, it, so that's, fair. that's very fair. His heart gave out and the racist superhero Blue Hawk's heart was used in a heart transplant. So it was great. in just the, the venom in Ashley's voice, she's like, well, I have good news. We were able to give you Blue Hawk's heart so he'll live on forever. And it was like, oh my God, that was so great. <laughs> And his reaction mm -hmm. was, we'll get you rehab. We'll get your old suit back. And then she pitches such a terrible, terrible stereotype movie mm -hmm. for him as well, yep. which is, just adds to it. I love it. You'll love to see it. A-Train a -Train is legitimately the least interesting character on the show. Yeah. And again, part of that is just how they, they, They've done nothing for his character. Well, They've I, done I also nothing. think that Jesse T. Usher is not a good actor. No, he's he's not. Uh, but I'm just talking about the material they even yeah. in season one. They have not really put him last like the last two scenes he's been in, mm -hmm. or the last three scenes have been probably his best scenes, like yep. in the show. 
like mm-hmm. the two or uh, two from last week when he talks to Huey and when he takes uh blue Hawk for a ride. And mm-hmm. then oh, I like that for a ride. <laughs> um, all right. And then in the other like D story, you have the deep <laughs> pitching the weirdest threesome of all time. <laughs> I mean, he didn't waste any time. No. None whatsoever. And Uh, this is Ambrosia. (laughs) She thinks you're hot. (laughs) I love it when, um, what's his wife's name? I just forgot. I love it when she calls him Kevin. (laughs) Like, you're an idiot, Kevin. Yeah, you're an idiot, Kevin. Ah, so good, so good. But um, then that was really the all, all that we got from them. Uh, and then we got a ton of black noir in a really interesting way, um, with his hallucinations. Yeah, that was like when they first showed up, because if you were, if we recall, just going back, black noir took out his tracker chip because he is, he knows that he had a big hand in what happened to soldier mm-hmm. boy. So he is like numero uno on that list of soldier boys payback yeah he was all uh, mad hey. that he didn't get the lead in um beverly hills cop <laughs> it's like you are not funny <laughs> jensen Eccles is great in this role by the way yeah oh oh i know there's a couple scenes where like when he hits at one point he punches you and he's like after he says something he's like i warned you yep <laughs> Well, I liked, uh, <laughs> what, what, what would Butcher call him a granny fucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> Did you bring so, more yeah, lube? Is... Actually, I, I almost made that the title of the show. Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> oh, anyway, but yeah, no, um, the, the stuff with soldier boy was really interesting. The stuff at the end, um, when he called Homeland Homelander and he was like, no, I am your father. Yeah. And <laughs> this is, I, I told you like when we were off, off air, when, when I was talking about the Northmen and yeah, what was that? What's the director's name for the Northmen? Which by the way, I haven't finished it yet. I don't I'm recall. Like I've only watched the it. first 20 minutes, which I liked. I just haven't finished. Yeah. And this is what people do a lot now, mm-hmm. and, it, and I'm going to tie it into the boys, is that people judge past. Robert Eggers. Eggers. Robert. The, yeah. Yeah. People judge the past by the their current morality system as if things were the same back then in the, in the sense of how you mm-hmm. looked at stuff. Right. Right. And the reason I say this is because of Soldier Boy, who, even though he'd lived a long time and he, you know, he got gang you know, kidnapped in the 80s he was around in the 40s yep. that's when he first came about in the 40s so he has that mindset it's the same thing with captain america in a way and how long how long did it take cap to readjust to not just readjust but to adjust to what was going on right. nowadays because when he first came out he was you know that dutiful soldier trusting the government and all that and it took him throughout his three movies to say to look at and like, no, I can't trust these. I can't always trust these people just because they're in power and telling me what to do. And I say this about soldier boy because, you know, soldier boy is all about being tough and being strong. And uh, to his, to his quote, not being a pussy. (laughs) And it's, 
yeah, I love Jensen Ackles, but in an interview, he mentioned the 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 two letter word or the two letter phrase that I I despise, toxic masculinity. Oh, when he yeah. talks about it, and he's talking about this as Soldier Boy. It's like no, it's it's about a, a different generation mm-hmm. having different things and going through different things, going through a world war, by the way, mm-hmm. and it's just how that it was back then. That doesn't make it toxic. No. That makes it different. And Soldier Boy still keeps up that front. And there's only been maybe one or two instances where he's let down that guard a little bit. And it was last week. And that was one of the things I liked about last week where he's talking to Huey, where he's like, I'm not a bad guy. Right. And it's like Wreck-It Ralph. Just because I'm a bad guy doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's a good one. Well, I mean, they had the whole support group for it, too. So, yeah. So I, I really like the you know the scenes with Soldier Boy, and kind of like dissecting his character and you know how Huey tries to call him out. You're not the Marlboro Man or you know your Marlboro Man actor, what have you. Right. And when he says later on to, he says he says you know nobody's tough or that brave or or that tough or that something like that, which is funny because that's the same type of attitude that Butcher portrays. Right. And we. Speaking of Butcher, we got a lot of good stuff from him in the past oh, yeah. with him, Lenny, and his father, which, man. Well, that's... it was from Mindstorm, who was one of the yeah. members of Payback that we were hunting down this week. So I think he's the last one besides uh, Noir. old Black Noir there. Old Ernie. Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, because Fly Guy got blown out, out mm-hmm. of the sky. Right. <laughs> oh, Fly Guy. You're a moth. <laughs> moth man. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, trapping him in his memories. And we learned that um, his little brother, Lenny, committed suicide. Which I, I don't think that that was I, stated clearly before. I knew like Butcher blamed himself and we see why. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, he just blamed and, him for the death, right? Yeah. And, and I know, I don't know if that was season one or two where he actually, he, by accident refers to Huey as Lenny. He's like, damn it, Lenny. And that was when yeah, we didn't know who this Lenny character was. And now seeing mm-hmm. everything that happens here, it, it just adds on to the butcher character. And again, butcher is not a good guy. No. And he's but, not, he's, he's a bad guy and he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Because you see what he, he is all about getting what he wants he's very similar to batman in in what way the mission is what matters Mm -hmm. damn the torpedoes right (laughs) the problem is is he doesn't have the little jiminy cricket conscience named alfred on his shoulder and he views huey instead of as a partner as something he can exploit for you know the quote unquote greater good. Yeah. Cause Huey is just not strong enough of a character. And when I mean character, I don't mean the written character. No, I mean, as Huey doesn't have enough show. character to stand up to him. Yeah. That, is, is I think what yes. you were trying to say. Right. That's yeah. That's what it is. Like starlight. Fucking God. I love Annie. Annie's such a great character. Um, one Aaron Moriarty plays her amazingly, but um, I'm sorry. But two, just the way she stands up to, to, you know, all these much more powerful people in her world now. 
Yeah, and, including Homelander. Well, right. And so that term, like, truth to power, gets, like, bandied out about a lot. And, you know, when it comes to Butcher in this episode, she's like, hey, how many times have you taken um, temp fee? And he's like, well, a couple. And she's like, no, like, really, how many? Because if you've taken more than five doses, you're going to die and you need to tell Huey. And I call you every five minutes until you tell him. It's like, why don't you just call Huey? Yeah, he did. She did try to call him. Well, I thought. I know, but, but you know what? Leave a voicemail, dude. Call me back. I've yes. got I've got some news on Tempe. Um, because Annie stole just you know original recipe V for Kimiko, and she ran into Homelander in the in the tower, and that was a great scene. And uh, using her her influence and and her ability to live stream was brilliant. But I I think what's going to happen is she's going to need to get more V to save Butcher and Huey. Yes, which this is one of those things where it's like, you were there already. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you just take it in the first place? Well, I think she was hoping that they hadn't taken more than three doses. Which, again, if that's the case, you could pour down the drain. Yes, so so fish might... Well, it looks like she she got two. She got okay, two she doses did. because like Frenchie gave Kamiko the whole dose and there was another vial standing, sitting there. Okay. Like, th- see, like, that's where I wasn't sure. Like when, okay. when, when, when the camera panned back from him injecting it into her spine, there was a, a full vial still there. Okay. Because that didn't make sense at first because I, I was thinking, okay, he put a lot of that into her, you know, injected a lot of that into her. Mm-hmm. So that makes a little bit more sense because I would think, She's a character she would have done. I thought I would think she would have done that at the very least, just in case. Right. Like after reading that report on the temp mm-hmm. V, she'd say, okay, maybe, you know, if there's nothing else to do, take the, take the good stuff. And right. possibly that's a, that's a solution. <laughs> Let's just give him the good stuff and save his life. <laughs> um, but I mean, so, I mean, that, like that whole dynamic there of that was really interesting. And then the way, what Annie is going through in this episode versus what MM is going through in this episode, seeing the stepdad of his kid taking her to a Homelander conv- um, rally. And when he loses his shit, like that was awesome. Like one seeing seeing MM in complete control like that um, is a welcome change of pace from the rest of this season where he's kind of just been on that raggedy edge of like losing his mind. I appreciated that. I thought he was going to go ape shit for the, you know, from the jump. And I right. thought playing it like he did, taking deep breaths mm-hmm. and playing it like he did, I thought that was so much better. And it was so much more rewarding when, when he, and it, it, yeah. I mean, he got the, he popped the guy for something that probably should have popped him for, even though not in front of the kid, mm-hmm. even he didn't know she was there. No. But yeah, I like how they showed him kind of getting more control of himself and his emotions yeah. for the most part when knowing that this guy, this stepdad is putting his daughter in danger because especially, and again, obviously MM doesn't see this, but that one second that Homelander thinks soldier boys in the crowd and he's about to light somebody up mm-hmm. because that fear and, and you know, uncertainty pops up. I mean, right. what if he did do that? And so, yeah, it's the the control was admirable, and I, and I think that was a good 
decision to show that for his character in that situation instead right. of having him just you know be out of control and beating the guy down, you know, pulling him out of the car or something along those lines. Right. So the big difference between MM in the comic and in the show is one, the powers, right? Cause they all have powers. They all have super strength. They're all soups. Um, even though they don't think of themselves as that way, but it's like you send a monster to kill a monster sort of thing. Right. Um, but his comes from his mom and literally having to drink her breast milk, which is why they call her mother's milk. Um, I'm really curious if he and Frenchie are going to end up with powers next week leading into the fifth season. Because I think one, if you even the playing field and what, here's what I'm hoping is they all end up taking compound V, not the temp V, but the, you know, again, original recipe. And they just all end up with like invulnerability and super strength. Yeah, right. That, that would, yes. Which is what they have in the comic. And then that gears up towards a season five showdown with the combination of Homelander and soldier boy. But the stakes are still really high because Homelander is still like the most powerful being on the planet. Yeah. Unless soldier boy has a PTSD moment and like burns all the V out of him. Right. Which is really cool the way they're doing that with the way they did that. Yeah. I like, and again, this is such a departure, like the whole soldier boy. Yeah. I mean, soldier boy, I mean, soldier boy was not a, a man out of time in the comic. Yeah. And, and again, this is what we're talking about. Like, this is an example of, I think, making something better. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Like like him in the comic versus him well, here. Like and, Stormfront last year. Like gender yeah, bending Stormfront I, was the exact right move. Yeah. And and again, that I, did, I don't think I got that far into the, the comic with the whole Stormfront thing. But you know, you again, did, also having but, Aya Cash. Yeah. I love it. As Stormfront yeah. was great as well. Like one, she's so snarky and two, like thinking that she's from the thirties, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just really good. Okay. So out of five melting brain pans, what do you give the episode? I give it a 4.25. I thought it was right, right. It was a perfect, you know, follow up to last week's hero gasm, which was about mm-hmm. a lot of spectacle. I mean, it was a lot right. of great moments. But this one started off a little bit more, you know, on a more mute, you know, just like more a lighter, not a lighter tone, but just mm-hmm. more subtle. And I thought it was I didn't I didn't know what it was going to be, but yeah. I like that because you needed it to slow down after what you had last week. And then being in the penultimate, I think it's the penultimate. Episode, it is. Right? This is the like go home episode the for the finale next week. Yes. So you needed this type of episode where it slows the pace down a little bit still has a lot of great character moments and leads you to with what the hell for yep. next week. So yep. I love, and again, this is a great example of why this weekly format, this weekly format works for this type of show, this show in particular. Yes. Yeah. So awesome. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. You to, give it? Oh, I'm sorry. I gave it a four out of five. I thought it was a great go home episode. Um, I, I would have, I, I don't know. I just, 
it makes me wish this episode was about like three minutes longer because I wanted more with Maeve, who we forgot to talk about. Um, yeah. So, but she's alive. So we will just leave it at that. And she's been having her eggs harvested by Homelander, which is a really interesting inverse based on how he came to be. Right. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to uh, Soups and Lolo, um, the season finale of season two. I am equal parts like super stoked about this show and super sad that the season is over. I second that. Um, one, we were wrong. Chrissy didn't die. Lucy didn't die. And Sam didn't die. But Tal didn't die either. Yeah. Tal didn't die either, but we got an awesome name drop for where this is going to go next season. So I'm hoping we're going to get a little more metropolis and a little less smallville. And uh, on that note, uh, we got an, uh, another guest appearance by uh, David Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if he's going to have maybe kind of a recurring role or, or just even a drop in role here and there next season. Because, I mean, he directed the 11th episode of this season, Truth and Consequences. Um, so, yeah. But that would be yeah, great. This is, yeah, Waiting for Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I love that title. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. Um, so we got, we got um, you know, ugly Bruno, ugly Mannheim, but ugly Mannheim uh, name dropped. Um who is the head of intergang in metropolis, which is pretty awesome. Um, and if you ever watched Superman, the animated series, like man, Mannheim was in there a lot, a lot, a lot, which was really cool. Um, and then I did not realize he's been around since the seventies and he's a Jack Kirby character. And that makes way more sense. I don't know why I didn't know that. Odd. So I know yeah, I feel like I got to turn my nerd card. So, <laughs> um, and, I mean, we got, yeah. we got that drop of inner gang. Was it the beginning of this season or is it last? It was season last season with last Thaddeus season. Kilgrave with that episode. Yeah. So, because, so I'm hoping we get Thaddeus Kilgrave back because, um, oh, what's the actor's name? I don't remember now. Um, where'd it go? Mm, whatever. Oh, uh, Brendan Fletcher. Um, having him back would be great for a multi-episode arc. Yeah, that, that, I think that would be pretty, pretty nice. And one of the things we were, I think from the start, we weren't sure about, even though was the whole, and again, not just us, but I've, I've read stuff about this as well. This does confirm this episode. Sam confirms that Superman is the only hero right. on this earth. So, which I like, and it wasn't a throwaway line in dialogue either. It was very important because when, um, I mean, we're just jumping around. So when, when Tao goes to stop Allie, it's great. He's like, brother, I've watched you for years, do things that most heroes that no hero could ever do. It's my, you've inspired me. It's my time to step up. And he goes up to fight Allie and within seconds he's in peril and Jordan has to go save him. And then he comes back. He's like, no one can beat her. No, dude, no one can beat her. She's unbeatable. Like, you know, he was all, he's all hubris. And then all like, no, no one. She is, she's just too great, too powerful. You can't do it. 
can't be done. And then Clark's like, I can do it. <laughs> and he's like, how brother? And uh, he's like, throw me into the sun. <laughs> Which is funny because well, two episodes ago, that's one thing we said. It's like, why didn't John Henry take him, him up? Yeah. Sun? Take him up to take the, him up in, yeah. the atmosphere. So or out of the atmosphere, two questions. So are Kryptonians just naturally able to be in space even without powers? I don't know. And um, can they both talk in space because it's a <laughs> vacuum and they had a conversation right by the sun? Um, a little confused by that. Um, but other than that, like, you know, like, and that was actually kind of like a fun little thing. Maybe the Superman suit is actually some sort of like pressurized thing that just kind of like the Krypton, maybe it's like actually Kryptonian. I don't know. Um, I will say this when, when, when Tal throws him into the sun, the effects alone in this episode were amazing. And how he's like, you see him soaking up the radiation under his skin, but you also see his skin burning off and regrowing and burning off and regrowing and burning off and regrowing just faster and faster and faster to the point where it just stops burning off. And he starts just collecting energy and if i sound excited it's because i am because it was fucking awesome it it was amazing <laughs> and then the the effects of the suit after that oh with the plasma running Work. through the seams of the suit and the s the, with the s shield like uh lit up it was awesome um it was uh so i mean i love superman i'm you know i mean I love the Superman character. I specifically love this version of Superman as far as live action goes above all else. I, I, I absolutely do. And for, and this is, again, I, I, I liked Henry Cavill, the, the attempt at, you know, making Superman, you know, Christopher Reeve, but there's, you, you've heard Superman's boring. This, that now with, if, if you, if any character is boring, you need to reevaluate your abilities as a writer to tell a compelling story. Well, and let's be honest, the best Superman villain is Parasite. A hundred percent. And this so, is a version of Parasite. Like Allie Alston, Allison Alston is a version of the Parasite character in the comics. We went over this last week um, yeah. and she was a twin. And the fact that we ended with Alston twins, like, this is not the last we've seen of Parasite on the show. I guarantee it. Yeah. Especially the Ali Austin, the Allison Alston version of the, sh of the character. I do have a question for you when you're talking about the best villains, because I mean, again, for comic book people, Parasite is, is a known villain. It, he, Parasite was a villain in the, the man in tomorrow. Cartoon. What, yes. Which that was a lot of fun. Excellent. But, cartoon. but again, when you think Superman and villain, like most people aren't going to think most, most people, I even me, I know parasite. I've seen parasite in a lot. Mm -hmm. I still think Lex Luthor. Mm -mm. I wonder. And and again, what are your thoughts with, I know we're, you know, the, the tease for inner gang. Yeah. Is season three, the opportunity or to bring in Lex Luthor. No, I think they, they leave Lex Luthor on the shelf for as long as they possibly can. Like, because I am glad that the first two seasons they have not brought him into the mix. So Lex is not necessarily a part of inner gang. Sometimes they use Luther weapons and things like that, but like they're stealing them. They're not always given them. Um, mm -hmm. 
So I, I'm, I, I want to see inner gang because again, that's another deep cut from like the Superman rogues gallery. Um, they, they successfully made sure that we aren't going to see Zod <laughs> last season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Again, um, we got something, we got Tauro, which is great. Hello, weird Smallville. <laughs> But again, one of the things this show and that I love about this show is that they haven't like a lot of these superhero shows. They try to up the ante as far as more powerful villains. Right. And all superpowered villains like the Flash. You always have a speedster every season and it just gets stale. You have to be creative to make things compelling when you don't necessarily have a villain that's there the whole, you know, the whole season or what. Right. Not well, the great the way they handle was bizarro yes absolutely it was for for two reasons one because we all thought it was going to be doomsday which thank god it wasn't and two it wasn't bizarro bizarro wasn't the bad guy bizarro was actually trying to do good which and is an, yes and then Allie, the normal person got put into an extraordinary circumstance which is way more interesting than throwing another kryptonian in the mix I I hundred percent agree. And, and, you know, they kind of blew their Kryptonian, uh, wad, so to say last week or last year. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I think the use of, uh, John Henry irons and Natalie was perfect this week. They gave us the most, um, dusty room experiences of, of the show. You know, it was, it was, just their relationship is wonderful as a father and daughter. Um, and, and again, what she was before, right. Or what she was when we were introduced to her, um, was, was just crazy to think about, you know, like we've, we've said multiple times, if Marvel wanted to do a Riri Williams, this is what they were trying to do to to make an interesting right. Riri Williams character, who is actually a hero. Right. And you are correct, sir. <laughs> but I mean, she's just—I mean, she's such a good character, and um, you know, Taylor Taylor Buck is is phenomenal in that role. Um, I think I think she kills it every week now. Um, and it's because they let her grow. Yes. So, and you have very capable writers that are behind the scenes doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a little bit back to the Superman part, you know, as he, you know, he splits the earth oh. and stuff, but he has a chill inducing line where he goes to the, you know, the parasite alley and she's just like, all right, I'm going to take your power. And then he grabs her hand. He said, no, take some more. And uh, Tyler, he just says, take some more. He doesn't even say no. He doesn't say no. He he just says, take some more. And he then puts her hand on his chest, his glowing command. And like, you know, it wasn't said in anger. It was just said, you know, take some more. I, I love that line that, I mean, that was just that, that in itself was a, 
a perfect example of Superman and what he stand for and his control and all the things that make Superman such a great character right. and such a great hero right there. And also, I mean, that kind of like piggybacks off of when Tauro says nobody can beat her and he says, yes, somebody can. And he says me. Yep. Um, yeah. And then like, I loved too, as she's like draining the power, she's splitting cause it's too much power for her. And, uh, I mean, cause it's legitimately the power of the sun. And when he splits her in two, just the measured response as he pulls back and then does that like open palm strike, uh, was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, followed by what we can only call the Superman punch of Superman punches. Yes. Um, and, and like the subtitle for this episode says orange Cassie and, uh, Roman Reigns can go fuck off with their quote unquote (laughs) Superman punches. Like that move should be retired in wrestling and MMA because we just saw a Superman punch where he split two worlds. Yes. And the, and there is a, like if we can find a screenshot of that, it's one of my favorite shots from a movie or TV show this year. Oh, it's, Uh, it's beautiful. Just the, the way he's like glowing and hits the, uh, Hits the ground, yeah. And as one of my favorite YouTubers, Tyro Magnus says, Kate flapping. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just it's just too, too good. This show is better than, than the CW deserves, which is why I really hope that they move into HBO Max. I agree. I, I just... It, it did such a good job of taking... Now, there were elements throughout the seasons, the, the mm-hmm. first two seasons of CW's drama, but you know what? They, they use your favorite word. They showed restraint, and mm-hmm. it was the best possible uh, example of... C- so it was at the height of... You know, it was the top CW drama in the sense of it wasn't melodrama. Right. And they made the characters intelligent. That's and that's the other thing. A lot of drama has hinges on the fact that you that characters are nothing but emotional people. Emotional and they, no damage. Overly emotional, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> and and don't have the intellect to say, Okay, I'm letting my emotions carry myself, right. carry me here. I need to step back and right. look at it a little bit more rationally. The characters have done that time and time again. Mm-hmm not just Clark and Lois, but the other characters as well. And that's why this show, I mean, one of the multitude of reasons why this show has been so popular with us. And because of that good writing, because it treats characters as people and not just, you know, I mean, adults as adults in the sense of not just yelling in the middle of a hospital because you're upset. Right. And you're supposed to be, you know, this world renowned surgeon and you can't control your emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Grace. Grace. Oh, Grace Anatomy. Yeah. 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 It's just, I mean, this show is just so good. It's, um, it's so much fun. And, uh, yeah. So, all right. So out of five plasma filled Supermans, what do you give this? I'm going with the same I did with uh, 
the boys 4.25 it was a great ending for the show and with we've talked about on multiple occasions yeah since we've watched it I, I need to watch it again by the way it this was a perfect end or new beginning and it could it, say if this show got canceled and we never saw another stoops and lolo this was a great ending because not only do you get I mean, you got the inner gang tease, which is, would be leading into next season. But I you mean, also it could also that, be leading into like a steel standalone show, which I, I would be fine with. I'd absolutely be fine with that. Mm. But you also get that family moment where they where Clark opens up another fortress, but a family fortress, if you will. Oh, yeah. But more 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 so for the flyers, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there is a mention of Kryptonian tech mm-hmm. that Jonathan might like. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Um, yeah, like really good. Such a good. I mean, such a good episode. Like, there's no. Yeah, I um, I broke the rating scale, and I went eight out of five. Oh wow! I loved it. I love this episode. This is my favorite episode of the show, hands down. Dang, that's powerful. Yeah. It, it, there was, yeah, there's just, I, 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 I do, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I, I usually about that by this time I've seen it twice, but with the, uh, the, the move and stuff, I haven't been able to get, get to things that yeah. I want to, but. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, great because I, 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 I just watched it in the morning and Jen came home from work and we had gotten caught up to the point where this was the last one for her to watch anyway. And we rewatched it in, that night. It was so great to do on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a little sad, like you said, that this is our last one. I oh, know. Of or, course, she was. She she got there, and I was like, "Yeah, John." <laughs> <laughs> and she thought John died, like, but she didn't know which John I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, um. Oh, and lastly, we got to talk about the trucks. That's how I gave the boys <gasps> and and Jonathan geeking out over the truck was amazing and so hilarious and uh you know um and Jordan's exasperation yeah <laughs> um but Jordan Elias who plays uh Jonathan like just sold like 15 year old kid getting a monster truck for the first time <laughs> and then Alex Garfin is Jordan he's like well I did save his life oh <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a nice gift towel, but they're not keeping it. <laughs> um, very misguided and irresponsible. Right. Yeah. It was, that was so funny. Nerd dad. Clark is, is the best. The best. I, I, I just love this show, man. Mm-hmm. I just love this show. And, and please max, just, just keep it on max. And, you know, maybe I, I don't know. I just, that's I think that's the way to make it a bigger make have more people watch it. We've talked about this before too, because this show is is one of those shows that again, I, I think it's a great show. Mm-hmm. And I and I think from a not just a uh, subjective standpoint, I'm just talking about from an a, as much as I can be objective for the writing of this show. I think the writing is top notch, not just for a superhero type drama right but yes for a, a drama a family drama in and of itself i think it's as good as you can get because of the things that we've talked about over the last two years right. of reviewing it 
Yep. Yes, sir. And how? <laughs> um. But yeah. All right. I mean, that's really all I got for this week. Yeah. I'm, that's all I got. Tapped out. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening this week. We appreciate you so much. We'll be back next week uh, with the terminal list. So, yeah. And something else. Maybe Thor? I don't know. Maybe we'll go see Thor like Thursday night or something. Oh, that is. No, I'm coming out this week. Yeah. Anyway. All right. On that note, we'll talk to y'all later. See ya. See ya. DFS Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.